Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Wednesday, June 6th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. Yes, if you hear my voice, you know that I'm still sick, but I'm still here. I want to draw a couple of things together so that we can look at the bigger picture. A pro-life medical office pregnancy center in Buffalo, New York on Tuesday was heavily damaged by terroristic firebombing, which is just the latest attack on dozens of churches and pro-life facilities around the country since the news broke that the U.S. Supreme Court is likely to overrule Roe v. Wade, the abortion decision. Now, I've talked about that decision before, and I'm not going to go into it now because the issue of what they're overruling is a far cry from what the left is trying to make it seem like, which is that somehow abortions will suddenly end in the world, certainly in the United States, which is not what the decision is at all. I bring up the firebombing of the pro-life center because, again, there are several stories that have a theme, and I want to get to the theme as I always do so that we can look at all of this from a higher perspective. Today, a man who came all the way from California to Virginia did so for the sole purpose of murdering Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. The man came to Kavanaugh's private home, where Kavanaugh lives with his wife and children, and he was apprehended very near the house, heavily armed, with all sorts of burglary tools. His intention was to break into the home and kill Kavanaugh, and he specifically said when captured that it was because of Kavanaugh's decision in Roe v. Wade, if that's in fact the way it's coming down, but also because he believed that Kavanaugh would vote on future cases that would uphold the Second Amendment, which is ironic because this guy was carrying a gun. If you remember when the news came out that Roe v. Wade was likely going to be overturned, it was the result of a leaked opinion. We still don't know who leaked it from the Supreme Court. Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, said, quote, and he was speaking to the Supreme Court justices, the quote is this, You have released a whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you, end quote. So the man who went after Kavanaugh today obviously was following up on what Schumer, I would say, incited. The third thing I want to point to is the war in Ukraine, because it has caused unprecedented spike in the cost of many things, but fertilizer being key. Prices for fertilizer are through the roof, and that has caused food prices to go through the roof. And when you add to that the collapse of the global supply chain, what happened as a result of the way COVID was dealt with, there are predictions for this summer. This summer, we're almost there, right, of global famine, which is already beginning in the African continent. 
And then we have the news about monkeypox, where there's a lot of hype, but little knowledge and few facts. I bring these up because everything I just talked to you about has something in common. Actually, it has two things in common. One is they're all narratives. The stories around all of these are narratives. Sometimes a narrative can be true. It can hold fact and it can be a true statement. But oftentimes narratives are stories based on individual perspectives. Many people will tell you if you ask them what the two most powerful emotions are, most of those people will tell you that they're love and hate, which is not true. The two most powerful emotions are love and fear. Fear is incredibly powerful. It is, in fact, as I've talked about so many times, one of only two primary emotions, love and fear. And I repeat this all the time because it's so important. And if you haven't heard it before, here it is again. Every positive emotion is a derivative of love. And every negative emotion is a derivative of fear, even hate. You think about it, when someone hates someone or something, and you go deeply into where that hate is coming from, it is usually coming from a fear-based set of circumstances that have caused someone to strike out against someone else with the emotion of hate. The reason fear is so incredibly powerful is that frightened people are panicked, they are irrational, and they're easily manipulated. That doesn't mean that there isn't a lot to be concerned about in the world we're living in. There's probably always a lot to be concerned about in the world we live in, in the reality we live in. But there isn't anything to fear. As I said, fear often comes from feelings of victimhood and powerlessness. Victimhood and powerlessness. What happens when you're frightened is that fear takes up, let's call it space, in you that otherwise positive thoughts and positive emotions couldn't be occupying. And when that happens, fear takes over because it has a viral effect both within you, within me, and then spreading it to others. It's pretty easy to frighten people. It's not so easy to frighten people who are grounded in their own power, who are grounded in their own certainty about what their values are and to whom and what they answer to for their words and their actions and their, and their deeds, their thoughts, their, their words, and their deeds. This morning, I listened to what I consider to be an amazing interview. The interview was of a man named Ethan Nordine. Ethan Nordine is one of the January 6th defendants who has been held for over a year in a D.C. prison, mostly in solitary confinement, and not charged with anything serious until this past week. This past week, he and four other members of the Proud Boys, the organization he belongs to, were charged with the most serious crimes yet charged against anyone who's been detained 
under the January 6th illusion that there was an insurrection, an attempt to take over the United States government. I don't even want to go down that road because it's hard to take over a government that's as a military such as we do and police forces such as we do if you go there without weapons. I mean, there were no weapons. No one had, no one carried a weapon. No weapons were seized on January 6th. But here's why the interview was so fascinating. It was done live from prison. It was done on talk radio and the radio host had prearranged with Nordine through his attorneys, I assume, perhaps through his family, I don't know, that the time that he's allotted to in prison for phone calls was utilized for this interview. And what was so astonishing was this young man's calm, his presence of mind, his ability to articulate his position, why he's not frightened for himself, why he's certain that he knows what he did or did not do on January 6th, He was certain that given the pleadings that his attorneys have filed, the facts as they exist in the case, the evidence as it exists, that he did nothing wrong and hopefully he will have a fair trial. That certainly is a question given what happened recently with the Sussman trial in D.C. and the jury nullification, meaning the jury coming back with a verdict that had nothing to do with the evidence because the jurors were biased another show, I address that as well. So Nordine will be tried in DC, and I'm not sure anyone on the right or any conservative or any political opponent of the left and the Democrats can get a reasonable or fair trial in the District of Columbia, which votes something like 96% Democrat in every single election, and where the corruption in the bench is off the charts, meaning corruption in the judiciary. Ethan Nordine has no fear. And so listening to him, I don't know yet because I don't know the facts. In fact, none of us do because the facts have been kept very close to the hip by the January 6th committee, which did all of its investigation and all of its interviewing in secret. And now tomorrow evening on the three networks that I also spoke to in my last podcast, They're going to begin public hearings or public viewings, I guess it is, of the hearings and of what they have found. So the problem with what they're doing tomorrow night, I addressed in detail on the other podcast, is that it's all being done like entertainment. They actually hired, as I went into detail on, an ex-president of ABC and a producer to orchestrate this thing, to put it together as if it's a docudrama. So it's going to be, you know, flash and pomp and circumstance, but it's not going to be the facts from both sides, which is what a courtroom is all about and certainly what a just courtroom is all about. And the reason is that the panel is almost exclusively Democrats. The only two Republicans on that panel Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger are both really not Republicans. They're more like traitors to their own party. So there's no way that committee has approached analyzing the facts of January 6th and the evidence of January 6th, particularly because Nancy Pelosi is heading this extravaganza and she actually had and has as Speaker of the House the legal 
obligation and responsibility to protect the Capitol. She's in charge of what the Capitol Police do. She's in charge of how much protection Congress has. And she completely abdicated her responsibility in that regard. Just today on, I believe, the website Just the News, which is John Solomon's website, a very credible reporter, journalist, I think the lead article probably still is, as I do this podcast, that a secret investigation done by the D.C. Capitol Police, which was made public just the other day, excoriates Nancy Pelosi and the fact that the D.C. police were not at all ready for what went down on January 6th. There was no oversight in advance of that. So they were ill-prepared to deal with what they were confronting, which may be why they panicked, many of them, for example, killing one of the protesters. It may also be why, even though President Trump at the time wanted to call in the National Guard to secure D.C. during that day when emotions were clearly reaching a crescendo because of the outcome of the election, the way half the country felt about it, his request was denied. Nancy Pelosi should have taken care of Washington, D.C. that day in terms of security, and she didn't. Now she's in charge of the committee that is evaluating what in fact did happen, and there's only one side or one perspective being brought to the table. And the people who have been charged, either with misdemeanors or all the way now through charges as serious as conspiracy, I think, to commit sedition, have been held without their due process rights for over a year, almost a year and a half now. Ethan Nordeen's interview was impressive because of its lack of fear. I can't impress upon you enough all those stories, all those narratives, all of those things happening around the world that I touched on as I started today's podcast can all be fear-inducing. And it's certainly what the mainstream media wants you to be. They want you to be frightened. The government wants you to be frightened. Joe Biden said it was going to be a dark winter before we ever knew what was going to happen with COVID during the winter, even though the vaccines were already being dispersed before Trump ever left office. There's so much hype around fear. Why? It works. It's very powerful. The way that you deal with that, look, I I am not immune to being frightened. I've been frightened in my life, and I stand by what I say about fear. It comes in moments of insecurity. It comes in moments when we think we're powerless. It comes in moments when we think someone else is doing something that's hurting us and there's nothing we can do about it. But none of that is true. What's true is what I always say. We are divinely created, free-willed beings that each of us contains a spark of source. Each of us contains the ability to create within our own lives. And you can't create in fear. The only thing you can do in fear is perpetuate fear. You can have byproducts of that, you can have havoc, and you can have harm, but you're not going to create anything in fear, because fear is a dead zone. It's not a place where anything can prosper, where anything can grow in a healthy, life-affirming way. That has to be done out of that other emotion. That has to be done out of love. And 
when I say love, what I mean in this context is you have to love yourself enough and believe that you're loved enough by your creator that you have that free-willed ability to create within your own life the circumstances that you want to create for the outcome you desire. Oftentimes, it's a matter of changing our patterns, and that's not easy. I mean, I know in my own life, I have seen repetitive patterns that I find myself back in the same situation, or I found myself back in the same situation that I felt like I had been in so many times. And for a long time, I blamed outside of myself. I blamed circumstances or another person or found fault with them. But in reality, I'm always in control of how I feel and I'm always in control of how I act. And if I'm not frightened, I'm always in control of how I react. That's what I want to impress upon you. I want to impress upon you that you are being inundated and surrounded and overwhelmed and just awash with fear. Do not allow it to be the reality in which you're trying to exist because no good can come of that. You've got to take the reins of your own power back. You've got to look at your own life, make some tough decisions. I will grant you that it's never easy to change the way we've been doing things. But if the things we've been doing continue to get us the end we don't want, it's right. It's the definition of crazy. Crazy is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. You can change the outcome. You can change the outcome. As I went into great depth in the last podcast, you can change the outcome because you're the cause. You are the cause. Be cause. It's a verb. Because. (laughs) Be that thing that you want to create and you will create it. It's like the movie that Kevin Costner, Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, please do. It's like that principle. If you build it, they will come. If you are it, it will be. If you are it, it will be. It's not only just up to you in terms of all the responsibility of the world is on your shoulders. It's up to you because you have that power. It's in you. Look for it. Call it up. Use it. And watch what we call miracles happen. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Friday. And until I am, by all means, please think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.